106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Actually, I don't. I honestly don't think he knows what office he's running for. And it doesn't matter. You know, maybe he gets in because he's a little more moderate, so maybe he gets in. But he's not going to be running it. Other people are going to. They're going to put him into a home, and other people are going to be running the country. And they're going to be super left radical crazies. They're going to be super left radical crazy. Joe's going to be in a home. He'll be watching television. Everything will be just fine. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the, you know the thing. Tomorrow is Super Thursday. Tuesday. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, it's Chris, but anyway. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other bike. I love this place. I love, look, what's not to like about Vermont? One of the things I'm proudest of is getting passed, getting moved, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. You had people like Margaret Thatcher, excuse me, you had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in Germany. Go to Joe 30330. Watch what happened to those kids from Parkland came up to see me when I was vice president. They went under the, and some, some of you covered it. So Biden tells this story, or some version of it, a lot. He says that, you know, he went on this military trip and it was dangerous, but he wanted to go anywhere, and he goes to the Konar province of Afghanistan, and he hears about how this this man had climbed down into a ravine to rescue a fallen soldier, and he comes back up and he doesn't want to get this medal because he feels so heartbroken that his fellow comrade has fallen. That's about three different really heroic war stories, all kind of pushed together into one anecdote. Joe Biden has made all sorts of statements about his activism in the civil rights movement. Now, in the beginning of his career, he made similar statements that he's making today on the campaign trail, and then he got caught lying, and for a huge chunk of his political career, he stopped telling those lies. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto. The only African-American woman that had ever been elected to the United States Senate. A whole range of people. No, My point no, is... true. The that's other one is true. here. <laughs> Play the radio. Make sure the television... The, excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The... the, the, the Good day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode number 550. Here we are, 50 weeks down the road, one show a week, and uh, it's sort of a milestone, I guess. I guess it doesn't make any difference in one way, but it does in another. And this is the episode for 
March 14, 2020. Just love to say 2020 or 2020. I hope we can have a couple years at this number. Thank you for listening. Um, However you found us, either through your podcast source or through our website at nohostagesradio.com. Nohostagesradio.com. You can reach me at uh, my email through the radio or the podcast at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Or you can uh, send me a text at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. And uh, you can inform me, comment, whatever you want to do, or you could uh, give me a call and a voicemail. <clears throat> Uh, sometimes my, I'm in a meeting and, uh, but I will call people back. I don't, I don't string calls. I just, if people leave me a message, I'll call them back, whatever they need. Uh, I'm broadcasting, uh, out of here in Northern California, Yuba County, up in the top 24 counties of the state of California, 58 counties in total. We're hoping one day to separate, but I don't know whether the leadership of state of Jefferson can pull that off. It's, uh, like all things, everything rises and falls on good leadership, whether it's a little league team, uh, church, uh, local McDonald's, or whatever. It just everything rises and falls on good leadership. And, and uh, in fact, I was talking to a police chief here in our area this week, <clears throat> and I was talking to him about the fact in our area, Yuba, Sutter Counties, there are uh, five, let's see, one, two, three, four, five law enforcement agencies in this tiny area, about 1,200 so so square miles, and uh, just a bunch of uh, fire departments. But mainly I was talking to him about law enforcement and the judicial process, and we were talking about an article I wrote about a murder that's never been solved. It's been five years, and they've never determined whether the person shot themselves or actually I think they've determined it, but they can't, uh, they don't have the backbone to prosecute. So the issue is, uh, did the person end their own life or did someone else end their life or was it an accident? That's the, the manner of death. And, uh, so I was talking to him about it and I said, you know, in a community, you can have some pretty squirrely people running around and you can have even some squirrely politicians as long as you have, um, honorable and courageous law enforcement officials, district attorney, and judges. If that's solid in your community, then you um, you can deal with a lot of goofiness in the population. The Bible says that uh, that the judicial system was given to us as a way to keep the lid on this sucker before Jesus returns. Now, whether or not you believe in or follow Jesus doesn't really make any difference. I'm going to make a point here. I think you'll agree with whatever day you want to open the news, however you get your news, whether it's on the internet or in the newspaper or on television, you can tell without looking at fake news, just bad stuff that happens, molestations, murders, thefts on that. There's a lot of gnarly evil stuff. And you may not believe we're the sources of good and evil, but there's a lot of evil going on. So anyway, the Bible says that 
that uh, in the way I look at it, God gave us the Bible and inspired people to write the thing. But it talks about that, that whether or not law enforcement is God-fearing law enforcement or the judicial system, uh, but God gave government to us to keep a lid on this sucker before he returns. And uh, so we were talking about that, and I just was making a comment. He didn't say whether he agreed or not, but I just made a comment that, that when we wavered in who is police chief, who is sheriff, or who's commander of the CHP, and when we had judges that had no backbone, uh, like we had the judge here in Sutter County, that would not release the grand jury report, uh, which exposed wrongdoing. He would not release that, and we ended up having it leaked. That judge uh, was evil uh, in my eyes and in the eyes of the Bible. Uh, in other words, if you conceal wrongdoing, cover wrongdoing, uh, you're an evil judge or you're an evil law enforcement person. And so that's why the the Bible talks about judges being righteous judges or law, law enforcement being righteous. In other words, they treat one thing, one person the same as the other person. There is no favoritism. So we were talking about that and um, how important that was. So um, I want to talk about a number of things that that influences. The same is true um, as, of the country. It talks about if there's the leader is bad in the country, the people suffer. Uh, and there's a number of things going on uh, in the country that you could see how, uh, particularly economically and in injustice, uh, having Donald Trump lead the country has the country has been blessed and has done well. And uh, and you can see on the opposite side, the most populous state in the nation and the state with the biggest economy in the nation is struggling because of liberal leadership. And you can look throughout the, the United States at every blue, what they call blue states or Democrat-led states. And you can look at their employment figures and just how they're, whether or not they're flourishing or not, and they're, they're struggling because it's just the, uh, doesn't mean necessarily they're evil people. It's just that their philosophy of government is uh, lending to, to struggles. So um, let's see. I'm going to read a couple things here, just a quotes that I think apply to what's going on in the, in the country today. We're going to be here for six 20-minute segments. And um, I, I, if you're new to this, I split them up with some clips that I think are appropriate for educational purposes, um, long-term educational purposes, and what, what's shaken. Now, I want to also say in, in background to what I'm talking about today is that the educational system in the country over 100 years ago was taken over by socialist leadership. And uh, you may have graduated, which I did from the educational system, and you just thought, oh, I went to school, S-C-H-O-O-L, school. But there was a a philosophy embedded in the educational system many years ago, and uh, the uh, there's a great article says how John Dewey used public education to subvert liberty. John Dewey, 
and before him Horace Mann were the founders of the com the the now factory style education system and they're socialists uh, socialist slash communists and it, it's it doesn't really make sense when I say it this way but this is what happened that Dewey's feeling was that they if they dumbed down the education system they could take over the country and if you that in other words the more intelligent and independent thinking the population is the less likely you are to have control over them because they're independent thinkers and they can process. They're not just going to believe everything somebody dishes out, even if it's Donald Trump or even if it's Gavin Newsom or even if it's the local district attorney or police chief. In other words, they may not dish something out. They may, it's just like right now with this, the unsolved murder of Sarah Easton. It's They're not saying anything about it, but it's their actions that they're dishing out so since they didn't arrest anybody, the average thinker thinks no one did anything wrong. Although law enforcement will tell you many times they know who did it, but they don't have the evidence to bring the person in. So the founding fathers knew that the educational level, it's not IQ. It's like the ability to critically think. The educational level of the population was critical to the, survival of the Republic of the United States of America. And the dumber people were, if they couldn't read for themselves and communicate themselves, then it would be easy to take them over and to change the, uh, the type of government that we have. So John Dewey believed that they needed to create a less intelligent population because he wanted it to be a social, he believed in socialism and communism, and he wanted to, he wanted to create a new country. By the time uh, Dewey died in 1952, um, the so, the school system was a well-oiled, as it says here, collectivist machine that would obliterate America's religious, intellectual, and political heritage among effectively more effectively than any force previously imagined. He's Dewey was the father of progressive education that now has more than eighty-five percent of our American children in its grip. Although there are many other people that had socialist uh, notions, uh, Dewey was the one that everybody thinks about, although he stood upon the, the shoulders of guys like Robert Owen and Horace Mann. You may, if you study much about education, Mann's name pops up. Dewey gets much of the credit of the miseducation of today. It says Dewey had ulterior motives when he dedicated himself with missionary zeal to the cause of education reform. What is education reform? It really comes down to the eliminating of free, uh, innovative thinkers. In his 1898 essay, John Dewey um, wrote or he argued strongly against the then heavy emphasis on reading, writing, and arithmetic. You think, oh, that was kind of the main thing. In fact, I, 
there was a kid, gal got out of jail the other day, and I was asking her, can you read, can you write, can you do some basic math? She said, I can. I said, you're good to go. Forget college. Just go get yourself a welding degree and make some money and get on with life. Educate yourself with the truth. So John Dewey had uh, this wrote this essay, The Primary Education Fetish. Isn't that an interesting title? So he said uh, he argued against the emphasis on reading, writing, and arithmetic in the younger years. Isn't it interesting? Most parents want, really are focusing on how soon their kids read, how they're writing, can they do the math, are they good at it, right? In the younger years, right? It, it, he said it produced, if, if kids really master reading, writing, and arithmetic in the younger years, it produced highly literate, independent-minded individualists with faith in God and freedom that was not conducive to the collectivist utopia, he observed. If that doesn't get your attention... When you look at the and you we look at the education system and kids are sitting in there six to eight hours a day and they cannot read. It ought to get your attention when you realize that today's kids have no interest in the newspaper. Certainly a lot of them are on technology, I know, but the fact is are they reading any online articles, right? So fascinating. He says, uh, do we recognize that the liberty-minded and overwhelming Christian teachers, taxpayers, and parents of America of that era would never knowingly support his radical educational and political ambitions if they understood them, which were change must come gradually, he explained in the essay, to force it unduly would compromise its final success by favoring a violent reaction. You wonder why, I wonder why, how come parents don't go down to the school board and just say, stop it? I'm not going to put up with that. I'm pulling my kids out, right? So right now you can still pull your kids out and educate them in another fashion without getting arrested. That wasn't always true. It was about 15 years ago, a guy named Pete Pillsbury that was running the Marysville Joint Unified School System tried to cite parents who wanted to homeschool their kids. And it was a guy named Rick Teagarden, who's now on the Yuba College Board, that fought that and and okayed uh, independent parents, independent thinking parents, to homeschool their own kids. Change much because gradually. Who do you think Dewey? When you think of when you think of big early American names, say another 100 years ago, who do you think of? Big, rich names. Dewey went to the Rockefeller oil dynasty, which was given giving away amazing amounts of money for educational, not education, education reform. Some Rockefellers were actually conservative, but they were, they were trying to change the education system. Dewey got millions of dollars to create an experimental school to try out his ideas, a school that successfully cranked out reading disabled collectivists. When you think of kids that cannot read, I always ask kids in juvenile hall, can you read, dude? When they say, I say, they say oh, I'm kind of behind in school. I said, can you read? If you can read, it's just like your mom putting your, the spoon in your hand. If you can feed yourself, you can go someplace. 
Dewey failed as a primary and secondary school educator, but his efforts to seize control of the school system began with a leadership position in the education in education at Rockefeller-funded University of Chicago. Later, he went on to Columbia University Teachers College. From his ivory tower perch, Dewey would train up legions of teachers and disciples to unleash an unsuspecting United States and carry forward his vision. What was his vision? His vision was to disable future citizens from being independent spiritual thinkers. That's why communism hates spiritual people because they're independent thinkers and communism can't take any competition. Dewey became the founding father of America's progressive public education system and his ideology went mainstream. So when you hear the Democrats being called progressive, think, hey, we do not want the Constitution. That's why they don't even pay any attention to the Constitution. It's just an irritant to them. They just want to eliminate it. Oh, it's a living document. In other words, they can change it to be communist. Democrats aren't just slightly different from conservatives. Liberals aren't just slightly. They do not want the the system of government that produced what America is today. They want the blessings of America, but they don't want the mechanism on how it got here. We're coming, uh, got a couple minutes here to the end of our first segment. Let me just finish this up. Another Dewey achievement while in academia was resurrecting quack methods for teaching reading that had been discredited in the 1840s under Horace Mann in Boston. An incredible um, saga. The root cause of America's current illiteracy crisis will be the subject of... uh, well, it's the subject of a lot of writing today, but it it's like, isn't it amazing to you how much money we're spending in education and they cannot teach kids to read, write, and do arithmetic properly? Well, you can credit Horace Mann and later uh, John Dewey, who lived uh, from 1859 to 1952. Guy died right, right after I was born, but he... He planted the seeds of corruption in our education system. And if you look at a YouTube, any YouTube clips of union teachers meetings with big shots speaking like their top attorneys and stuff, you'll never hear them talk about children. They're always talking about caring for the teachers and having the teachers prosper more. They don't talk about kids prospering. They don't talk about kids being brilliant. One of the amazing things that, that, uh, is noteworthy in the United States uh, in business is our is our innovation, our tech innovation. P- kids becoming adults have, in spite of the education system, thrived because of our Constitution, which endorses liberty, freedom of thought, freedom of speech. That's why China has not come up with its own innovations. They've stolen them from us. And, uh, in fact, not only stolen them, but the Clintons actually gave them our technology free, just gave it to them. Well, free, they paid the Clintons. So the way they've stayed up with us is stealing or, in, in turn, they bribed American business to give them their technology if we wanted to sell products to their people. That's, that's ending with Donald Trump. 
But liberals had just simply given the country away. Uh, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to transition to, I think you'll enjoy this. It's a, a clip about uh, called American Voices, and, uh, and then a little clip from David Chappelle. We'll be right back in just a second. I'm just going to take a swig of coffee here this morning. We'll get it on here. Baby, you just don't get it. Do you enjoy being hurt? I know you smell that perfume. The makeup on your shirt. You don't believe his story. You know that they're all lies. Bad as you are, you stick around. And I just don't know why. If I was your man, baby, you never worry about. Um, let me ask you something. Do you hate Americans with black skin color? Uh, absolutely not. I actually love Americans with black skin color so much that I'm willing to fall on the sword a thousand times for them to wake up and realize that we are being lied to, abused, and used by the Democrat Party. I'm, I'm baffled because in the chairman's opening statement, he said that you openly associate with purveyors of hate. Yes, um, purveyors of hate, by his definition, is anybody that supports the president. I support the president because he's done a tremendous job in helping the black community, despite all of the rhetoric from the media and leftists so, who do so, not want him to be successful. Tell me a little bit about how the president has helped the black community, if you would, please. Well, he's lowered the black unemployment rate. It's the lowest it's ever been in the history. Uh, he's getting us off of our feet. We see, uh, I believe the last number I checked was 3.5 million people are off of food stamps, something <coughs> that the black caucus sat down and didn't applaud. Neither did any of the Democrats applaud uh, because they want a system where blacks are dependent on the government. Uh, uh, they, they are the people that put in place the policies that broke down the black family. And the biggest problem that's facing our community is father absence. Um, in every room that I've been in with the president, he talks about real issues. And he doesn't pander to us. He doesn't do Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's southern drawl accent and speaking to us like we're slaves. He asks us important questions. And the most important question he could have asked was, black America, what do you have to lose? Because we were already losing under Democrat leadership. Yes, um, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Mr. Lou believes that black people are stupid and will not f uh, pursue the full clip in its entirety. He purposely presented an extract, an extracted Witness clip. Witness will suspend for a moment. It is not proper to refer disparagingly or to a member of the committee. Uh, the witness will not do that again. Witness may continue. Sure, even though I was called despicable. Um, witness may not refer to a member of the committee as stupid. I didn't refer to him as stupid. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You, you didn't listen to what I said. May I continue? Please. As I said, he is assuming that black people will not go pursue the full two-hour clip. And he purposefully extracted, he cut off, and you didn't hear the question that was asked of me. He's trying to present as if I was launching a defense of Hitler in Germany, when in fact, the question that was asked of me was pertaining to whether or not I believed that Hitler was a, whether or not I believed in nationalism, and that nationalism was bad. And what I responded to was that I do not believe that we should be characterizing Hitler as a nationalist. He was a homicidal, psychopathic maniac that killed his own people. A nationalist would not kill their own people. 
That is exactly what I was referring to in the clip, and he purposely wanted to give you a cut-up similar to what they do to Donald Trump to create a different narrative. That was unbelievably dishonest, and he did not allow me to respond to it, which is worrisome and to tell you a lot about where people are today in terms of trying to drum up narratives. By the way, I would like to also add that I work for Prager University, which is run by an Orthodox Jew, and a single Democrat showed up to the embassy opening in Jerusalem. I sat on a plane for 18 hours to make sure that I was there. I'm deeply offended by the insinuation of, of revealing that clip without the question that was asked of me. Just afraid of being attacked <laughs> happens to the best ones. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. You know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smoulier, he's a very French, very famous French actor. <laughs> Y'all never heard of Juicy Smoulier? Jusus Mouillet is an actor from France. <laughs> and, and he became famous on a show called Empire. <laughs> One night, he was in Chicago late at night and was the victim the victim of a, a racist and homophobic attack. You see, Juicy Smouillet is <laughs> gay and he is black, not just French. <laughs> oh, it was a crazy story. Apparently, when he was walking down the street late at night, two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up tied a rope around his neck, called him all kinds of niggas, and, and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. <laughs> this shit was like international news. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page. Justice for Juicy and all this shit. The whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And, and for some reason, uh, African-Americans, we were like oddly quiet. <laughs> we were so quiet about this shit that the gay community started accusing African-American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. But what they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. <laughs> because we understood that this nigga was clearly lying. None of these details added up at all. He said he's walking down the street in Chicago and, and uh, white dudes come up to him and say, hey man, aren't you that faggot nigger from Empire? A, a fuck? Does that sound like how white people talk? I know white people. They don't talk like that. Are you that faggot nigga from Empire? They would never say that. It sounds like something that I would say.
If you're racist and homophobic, you're not even gonna know who this nigga is. You can't watch Empire. <laughs> Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. All right, 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. And... You were walking. You were walking. All right. And, and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches? That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any... Okay, what do they have on? MAGA hats! MAGA hats on in Chicago? Excuse me one second, Mr. Smoulier. Frank, come here for a second. Find out where Kanye West was last night. Funny from David Chappelle. He's one of my favorite comedians. He's kind of a, uh, in that clip, he was pretty clean, but sometimes he used, drops the F bomb a lot. If I ever use it, I have to edit, have, have my friend Tanner edit stuff out for me. So it's uh, respectable. Uh, okay, so a couple things I wanted to read to you in, in, as a background to the, the information I just gave you about John Dewey. You know, we just went through, we just had this rejection in California. <clears throat> of, um, and I know some of you aren't Californians any longer. In fact, another friend of mine at the trauma intervention training last night said, hey, they just bought 18 acres or 20-something acres. I think he said over 20 acres. An hour out of Boise, Idaho. They're, they both work for the California state government. They live here in Yuba County, and they're moving. They're reti- When they retire... They've already brought the, bought their property, and they're they're moving up there. And I think their kids are moving up there, and all share a big old chunk of property together in Idaho. I hope, I wish them well. They're very fine people, but I hope they're listening to Jesus because ultimately, it's not about what the politics are around us. It's where Jesus wants us to live. That's how I think about it. So I want in 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 uh, sort of as a backdrop to what I was talking about, John Dewey and the insidious. Uh, seeds of corruption to our freedom and liberty and the wonderful things that have the soil that this country was birthed in, the intellectual soil. Uh, George Orwell wrote, there are some ideas so wrong that only a very intelligent person could believe in them. If you've ever heard of the term, they were educated beyond their intelligence. There are some ideas so wrong that only a very intelligent person could believe in them. So what do you think about, what comes to mind when I say that? George Orwell wrote, he was he died in 1950. Remember, Dewey died in 52, Orwell died in 50, and um, he wrote the book 1984, right? And um, so I think of things like evolution that was uh, suggested 
by a racist named Charles Darwin. Now, he didn't have hard feelings towards minorities. He just simply felt that they weren't um, of the same seed. They, they were slower to evolve and were closer to the primates. Let me read it again. There are some ideas so wrong that only a very intelligent person could believe in them. When I think of that, I think of uh, the horror of evolution, the, the lie of evolution. And we've taught it as fact since the late 1800s. Isn't that interesting? What did we teach before that? That we were created by God. And, and we have forced kids generation after generation after generation to reject God because we just don't teach them. We don't talk about it. And we talk about science, that somehow science is opposed to God. Isn't that hilarious? The study of the creation, which is God's creation, somehow we come up with all kinds of hocus pocus millions and jillions of years ago, yet we've never found we've never found a connection between the various species. So uh, so I think of that. I think of abortion. The lie that a child, once there's conception in the womb, that somehow that is not a child because it's just tiny, right? Tiny. So small people are less important than big people. That's certainly true with children. They treat it as second-class citizens. Little children and old children, like 180-year-old people, they put them in homes. Forget about them. Hope they drop dead. Uh, H.L. Mencken, who also died in the 1950s, it's interesting. Orwell, Mencken, Dewey, H.L. Mencken, a philosopher, American editor. The most dangerous man to any government. This is so cool. The most dangerous man in, uh, to any government. You think, oh, that's, that's, we need to su- pro- pro- uh, support our government. Maybe, maybe not. Listen to this. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out. Dewey did not want you to have the ability to think things out. I had a guy call me. I was right in the middle of getting ready for the trauma intervention meeting last night where we were doing some monthly training, and a guy called me. I had left a message for him because his sister is in jail, and he, I needed to give him some information. And but in the, as we talked, he said, Lou, I said, yes. He said, what about this Corona thing? He was, he was getting nervous. And he's a kid, comes from a really rough background. And people are afraid. Why are they afraid of this? Because the media and the government has told them to be afraid of it. It's all a contrived. Are people getting sick? Yeah. So what? People get sick every day around the world, right? I'm going to talk about that later. People are having a difficult time thinking things out. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. We came from a monkey. A child in the womb isn't really a child. It's okay to kill it because a a woman has right over her own body. 
and they consider the human being in her body as her body. In other words, the child is a slave. In other words, slave owners in America and throughout the world had the right to abuse, have sex with, or murder the slave. They could do whatever they want. Beat, torture, the whole works. Send dogs to track down and chew up, the whole works. Without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos, Almost inevitably, he comes to the conclusion, the man who's an independent thinker, comes to the conclusion that government he, that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. The most, I'm going to say it again, this is H.L. Mencken, M-E-N-C-K-E-N, 1880-1956. These are bright, bright people that believed that our rights and our liberties do not come from the government. They come from God. We got the G right. We just got the little G instead of the big G. The most dangerous man in any government is the man who is able to think things out without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably, he comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest. The government is insane. I just wrote the sheriff. They just shut down the, uh, I, I run about, uh, I oversee about 30, 25 to 30 sessions, hour sessions, classes for inmates. And they, he said, Lou, I'm sorry to have to tell you this basically, but we need to shut down all the sessions that we're doing for inmates. You know why? Because he is a part of the government and the, the people over him and the people over them and the people over them and the people over them and the people over them, the people over them all said, you were shutting down everything because there's a virus out there. We can't see it, but it's coming and, and it may come from anywhere. And we have to stop everybody that, that, that we can, uh, that we can afford to stop them. We can't just let all the prisoners free. There's 400 over there in Yuba County jail, but we, we don't want anybody coming in that absolutely doesn't have to come in. So because we're going to stop this virus in its tracks, is this virus killing people? Not really. A couple people could die in here and there, right? By the way, do you ever get up in the morning and rush to the paper or or go online and see how many people died yesterday and then have a breakdown and have to be consoled? No, you don't. There's thousands and thousands of people dying every day in the United States of all kinds of causes. Nobody, it doesn't hit the news. 5,000 people died yesterday in the United States of America. 50,000 people in the world or 70,000 people in the world died. No, it doesn't make the news. Why, why would all this news of, of, about the coronavirus have an impact on us? And it's just like getting a cold. So we say, well, don't you care about all the old people dying? They're dying every day. Did you, did you, are you, how, when's the last time you visited a rest home? You go over there to console anybody? You don't give a crap about them. Neither does the government. I saw that little Asian gal. She's a new health officer for Yuba County, Sutter County. We, got, we now have a combined one. And she went on there and told all this stuff and said, yes. It, isn't it amazing? We have a crisis with no crisis. We, we're shutting down everything, and then she says we do not have one 
case, right? If she said if she said something about another disease like this, if she spoke to all the homosexual dudes, right, and she said, I "Want you to quit having sex, putting your penis in a guy's butt," because it could. We know there's a thing called AIDS, and you can get AIDS, but we don't have one case of AIDS. You think all the homosexuals would quit lusting after each other? Absolutely not. They just bang them as fast as they could. There's AIDS, but nobody's getting it. And it's not going to kill you anyway because you're a young guy. Just going to kill old farts that are sick already. It just so so this little uh, Asian gal, she declares a state of emergency for the for the Yubasutter counties. A state of emergency. A state of emergency. You think that the government can't take over everything? We're living in supposedly a free country. And and you think, oh, they take over everything by taking over your business? No, they just shut your business down because nobody's going to come in it. You can't go in there. Looks like the other day the sheriff says you, you can't come in there. Sorry, Lou, we, we, you know, we're sorry this worked out this way, but we got to do this. We got to do it. Why does he have to do it? Is he an intelligent guy? He's a really smart guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, I think he is. He's got to do it because if he bucks the system, all hell's going to break loose around his life, right? If he bucks the government system, the government is powerful in this country. And and all they say is they, they referred to it like this little Asian dude or Asian gal. She says, I didn't even watch the whole Facebook thing. Got me so angry I, could, I had to turn it off. Uh, she says, that the state health department is is telling us what to do. Is that what this government was? It is a it's a centrally managed. That's a communist government. Centrally managed, where they tell you what to do. We're, who are we copying? We're copying the Chinese communists who just come in and they'll take Wuhan. You ever been to Wuhan? I have. I've smuggled contraband into Wuhan. And people were being put in prison in Wuhan because they believed in Jesus, followed Jesus. I've been to Wuhan, delivered Chinese Bibles into Wuhan. It's a big old city. They shut the city down. Millions of people. The equivalent of like L.A. type cities. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out. He informs himself. He studies things. He talks to people, like-minded people, to brainstorm things. He reads the Bible that endorses free thinking. To obey God rather than man. Hold that thought. Most Christians I know obey, obey man rather than God. But Christian people, followers of Jesus, should obey God rather than man. What's that make you? A real independent thinker. That says, I'll obey government when I when I believe it lines up with the really important person in my life, which is God, not the governor. God, not the governor. So screw Gavin Newsom. If he lines up with God, hallelujah to you. But if he doesn't, take a powder, my friend. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. The world is getting hot. We're going to, the, the ocean's going to flood us out. The sky is falling. We're poisoning our atmosphere. 
You know, I've I've lived here for in this community for 70 years. The air in Yuba Sutter counties is cleaner today than in any time I've ever lived. There were many, many days, many days in a year that you could not see across the valley, the Sacramento Valley, from Coast Range to the Sierra Nevada Mountain Range. You just, in fact, for those of you that live up here in Northern California, there's a smallest, they call it the smallest mountain range in the world. It's called the Sutter Buttes. And it is about 20 miles from where I'm sitting, and and the the uh, the air would be so polluted back in the day when we burned rice stubble and farm stubble that you could not see the buttes. It was as if they weren't there. Today that doesn't happen hardly ever, unless there's a major forest fire. So it's like they say, "Oh, we're we're going to all suffer. We're you know we got to take all the cars off the road. We have to all we have to all be." A collectivist and and ride around in trains and buses. We can't afford to have the independence of having a motorcycle or a car. You could ride a horse or a bicycle. It, it just listen, people. This is called communism. And and the reason people in communist governments hate Christian people or any kind of religious people, they're independent thinkers. You you are a threat. That's why when in we just had a bunch of uh, we had a team going into Hanoi, North Vietnam, and and they were carrying in Bibles to the Hmong people who fought with the Americans to try to stop communism in in Vietnam and Laos. And they caught them, <coughs> they confiscated their Bibles and they interrogated them for a long time. And some of them they took their visas and eliminated them had to leave the country, not come back. Because com- communism, and in America, the liberals have superstitions and taboos. Like somehow, if you have a kid, you you have the right to kill him. You do not have. If you have a child that's two or three years of age, you do not have the right to kill the child or abuse the child, right? But if the child is forming in you, growing in you, right? A full, it's just a small human being. It's got every faculty you have. You have a right to kill the child in the United States all the way up to the time when the child is out of the womb and crying and, and alert. You can still kill the child. That's a super, that's a taboo and superstition. And the Bible com, uh, condemns it. Donald Trump said, the future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations which protect their citizens. Independent nations, not nations that are one one world government. Independent nations. These words mean something, people. The words that you use and how people describe things, listen to the words people say and then look at the definitions. The, the future belongs to sovereign, that's independent and independent thinking nations, just like the Bible says they want, the Bible wants you to be independent thinkers and uh, having allegiance primarily to God. Primarily means first of all and overall. Sovereign and independent nations would protect their citizens and respect their neighbors and honor the differences that make each country special and unique. 
The only reason for government, the reason for government in the founding father's mind was not to rule over Americans and tell them what to do. It was to protect their rights given by God. What do we have even at a local level? City council, supervisor, they rule over us and, and create an environment we do not want. All, all the time saying, oh, well, I went, I, I'm really concerned about my constituents. Remember when people get, they're running for office? They've never been off. I, I'm just, well, I just want to know what my constituents want. You think any constituent wants homeless people crapping all over their streets and in the doorways of their businesses and stealing their stuff? And parking all their crap all over town. Joe Biden says, honestly, do you have this thought? I just think Joe Biden, he, there are people in convalescent homes that are more competent than Joe Biden. He needs to go to a home and just watch television and tell stories, tell old stories, war stories. Biden says if we give Trump four more years, the planet may never recover from his utter disregard for the climate crisis and scientific fact. Honestly, people, this is what Mencken called taboos and superstitions. They're just shouting taboos and superstitions every single day. The Pelosi's and Cortez's and all the little Muslim ladies running around taboos and superstitions. I'm going to play you a clip right now that, uh, about Donald Trump, you should, it, just to remind you some of the things he's done for you. Okay, we'll be right back. Just a couple of minutes and we'll be back on to this. Obama is sending 1,200 National Guard troops to boost security along the U.S.-Mexican border. In addition to the troops, the president is also requesting $500 million for border security. We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. Our message absolutely is don't send your children unaccompanied uh, on trains or through, uh, through a bunch of smugglers. We don't even know how many of these kids don't make it and may have been waylaid into sex trafficking or killed because they fell off a train. We have no way of tracking that. Administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before. We need to try to incentivize Mexico to do more. We are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years. If they've 
committed transgressions of whatever kind, they should be obviously deported. We will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crime. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration. It wasn't easy, I know. Some of those nice surprises seem impossible. I've been falling in love with you every Here's another, here's another person that you might remember if you got a few years on you that goes right along with Mencken. Remember, we talked about <clears throat> that it was a socialist by the name of John Dewey that says we need to dumb people down. They, we don't want people that can really think for themselves. We want The government needs to tell people what they need to think. And uh, that's, how, that's how we get control of people. Independent thinkers, spiritual thinkers. People that trust in God rather than government are hard to manage. They are trouble. John Wayne says life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. It is tougher when you're stupid. I tell people in jail all the time, life is about accumulating skills. The more skilled you are at handling life, the more prosperous you are. The less time you get sick, you wash your hands, you wash your face, you keep your hands out of your eyes and your mouth. You know how to get a job. You know how to keep a job. You know how to talk well. You know how to communicate. You know how to dress well. You ha you have a great attitude. There's lots of attitudes you can adopt. But if you adopt a great attitude, if you adopt the attitude of our Savior, Jesus, you come to serve, not be entitled or think somebody ought to serve you. Listen, it all ties together. When you have a great attitude, you know how to stay healthy. Sick people who come to work all the time. You know, I just saw with this coronavirus thing, the Democrats are sliding through a rule that is going to guarantee everybody to be paid to be sick. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? People are going to call in sick. You ever heard anybody calling in sick and they weren't sick? They just wanted a few days off on top of their vacation they got. I think I, I think my... The only times I can recall my father, who always worked for himself, people that work for themselves don't call in sick. My dad, I think, uh, for 42 years, he worked in the meat business, meat cutting, butcher. I think he didn't go to work two days out of all those that worked six days a week going to the business he ran. And he only called in two days. You, you know why only two days? Because he couldn't get out of bed. He was so sick. It wasn't that colds and just feeling funky or having a backache or whatever didn't keep him away. Life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. P people that don't know how to work, that don't know how to move around and make every move count, move efficiently, 
Every time you move to the left, take something with you. Move it over there. Come back to the right. Bring something back. Think and move efficiently. Government is here to protect us. Protect what? What about us? Protect our rights, our property, and our individual freedoms. If that's being taken away, they are to they're there to protect us. Whether it's a a thief trying to take advantage of us or something like that. But when government tr- begins to actually take our rights away, then we have a right to overthrow the government. That's why the Second Amendment's there, not to shoot a turkey. It's to shoot a turkey that has a name like Susie or John, who's trying to take away your freedom. So, okay. Now, let me, I'm going to talk about, let me go here and get to my notes because I want to talk to you about uh, Mr. Trump. You know, I don't really care whether you like him or not. I don't, I've never been caught up in whether I like the president or not. I just want him to do the things that support the Constitution. And the founding fathers weren't, they weren't uh, wanting a personality cult where he, oh, yeah, well, you know, if I wanted to pick somebody for my daughter to marry, it'd be somebody just like the president. I, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. So, you know, <clears throat> Trump has surprised a lot of people and a lot of church people. Because he's actually done more to get the to get the country moving back towards spiritual a spiritual foundation than any quote unquote Christian Jimmy Carterist type people or even Ronald Reagan did, and and he was like, oh, he's so immoral. Oh, he used a bad word. Oh, he he's had sex with women outside of marriage. Maybe honestly, man, we got the churches full of that. We just want to ignore that. So I, here, here, this is if you want to talk about how we're losing our freedom, it's not happening from China or Russia. It's happening from the people like the Bureau of Land Management, the Energy Department, the Environmental Protection Agency, stealing us blind. So here's here's Trump at its best. Remember, he said he's going to drain the swamp. What is the swamp? It's like when you have a thousand employees in Yuba County managing seventy thousand people, a thousand employees over for every seventy people in Yuba County, little old Yuba County, we have an we have a government employee. That's ridiculous. We should operate a lot less than that. We should blow off half those people. That's the swamp people. How do you think they vote? They vote to preserve the swamp. So. There's an article uh, says more than half of the Bureau of Land Management's Washington, D.C. staff quit. Oh, my God. They quit. They, hallelujah. Get the hell out of town, man. Clean your desk out and let's like rent the building out to somebody else. Let's shut that. Cut the expense. They quit after being told they're being transferred to mean old ugly Colorado. We want to be in Washington, D.C., where the action is, baby. So they were going to be transferred to Colorado and other western states. Why? Because the Bureau of Land Management that does not own the property, the states own those properties. The western states, when they were being converted from wild, wild west to states, they asked for the... U.S. government's help in managing the vast, 
millions of square miles. You don't see this in the East Coast. But the expansion happened so fast that the Bureau of Land Management was created to manage properties that the states did not have any use for at the time. So where do you think all these Bureau of Land Management people ended up working? They worked back in Washington, D.C. so they could remember. We talked about it, communism being a centrally managed government. Trump says, hey, if you want to care for the land, why don't you go out there and live in Colorado or Utah or Idaho or California, where the people are are benefiting or suffering by your policy. You live under the same policies they do. Go out there and live. And so they were so pissed off at that, they quit. They said, we're quitting. Darn it. So new internal numbers from the Interior Department obtained by uh, the media show 69 of the, all these people. Oh, we're quitting. And there's 69 of us. We're going home. Shows 69 employees have left the agency rather than accept a new assignment. Another 18 left after the plans were announced, but before they were reassigned. Those 87 employees in all, that's six, for those who can't do math, that's 69 plus 18 equals 87. They outnumber the 80 who, who agreed to move. In other words, Trump said, you keep your job, but I just want you to move to Denver or Boulder or somewhere out there. And I want you to see the the results of your policies and live among the people and so they can have easy access to come to your office and give you a hard time. See, these uh, government employees want to be insulated from the people that they, they're ruining their lives. Did you know a lot of uh, farmers and ranchers that have had their their lives ruined and their ranches taken from them that were located, the ranches were on BLM property. In other words, BLM didn't own the property. That's the people's property. All the people of the United States own BLM property. They took their ranches and they forced these people off. Many of these farmers were so overwhelmed and they did not have the money to fight the federal government. They ended their lives. They committed suicide. Oh, well, they were probably depressed anyway. No, they weren't. They just, they couldn't handle generation after generation of, you know, ranches that had been in their family for generations being stolen by the government. The BLM move would uproot nearly all the agencies dwindling Washington staff would move it out west, leaving just 61 of 10,000 employees in the nation's capital. Can you imagine the number of government employees? You talk about totally contrary to what the founders wanted. The move is, you know, it's interesting. So many of these presidents, they say, I'm going to do this the first hundred days. Oh, the first day. Oh, the 15th day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to close down Guantanamo Bay. I'm going to do this. I'm do that. Trump just keeps plowing through doing stuff that he promised. Says Trump made the move as a part of his initiative to place regulatory agencies close to the people they're supposed to be serving. Most of America's federal lands are in the western mountains and deserts. For all those out in all of us, that would be where you live. Liberals are howling over the move, publicly admitting regulatory positions will be less likely to be filled by professional D.C. bureaucrats. That's called the swamp. 
and more likely to be filled by people with direct ties to the regions the regulations are affecting. Top-level BLM employee Steve Ellis. Oh, Steve, he's a top-level dog. He's a big shot. He bemoaned the agency's move, complaining it removes BLM from the sphere. In other words, they they are not going to rule over people anymore. You know, the, you know, the founding fathers did not want agencies to just come in and rule over people. They wanted the representatives of the people. If there was going to be any changes, the representatives would make those. You know, one of the big faults of all these agencies created in the 70s under Jimmy Carter, Department of Education, Department of Energy, that Environmental Protection Agency. Those people come out and they just they just create regulations that our representatives elected to represent us did not have anything to do with. They just did it. You can't use that water. Nope, you can't. You can't. uh, We're not going to give you a building permit for your property. Nope, you can't let the cattle drink out of that stream over there. Just on the rep. We didn't vote on that. Congress didn't vote on it. They just made those rules up and say they're saying he's going to ruin our agency. You know something? We we do just fine without Department of Education. In fact, if the State Department of Education, if if Al Qaeda hit the State Department of Education with a rocket, you know something? It wouldn't affect education at all. Why? Because parents are in charge. Parents would educate their own kids. You don't think I, parents, there is no time in history where parents are better able to educate their own kids. I was talking to uh, a homeschooling parent the other day, and they said, Lou, we ed- educated all five of our kids. And they said there's fantastic uh, curriculum out there that the uh, curriculum uh, business that we we purchased from or we got uh, curriculum from, they would actually send us DVDs of of trainers. And now you can just get it off the YouTube. But we had DVDs teaching our kids science and and math. And so you you have the best teachers. You can have the best teacher in the whole whole country. Why do you need that bricks and mortar for a school that the union's charging you a third more to build? Because the union payoff through government through the Davis Bacon Act. Screw the school. Screw the campus. We don't. We could learn online. Why? why I could have the teacher sit. I could have the teacher. I could be sitting here having a cup of coffee and a sandwich. Oh, you can't eat in the classroom, right? You could be vaping. You could be vaping, and you could be smoking some weed in your own house and watching a math lecture, right? And and you could get uh, you could get the best. That's when that that was the Khan Institute, K A H N Khan Institute. That guy he he started making YouTube clips um, for his uh, relatives who were having problems solving math things. So he started making YouTube or, or you know recording him doing a chalkboard demo on calculus or whatever. And now he's, they have a whole thing educating kids at home, people at home. So this homeschool parent raised all, all five of their kids went through college after being trained by he and his wife and all are highly successful attorneys, science researchers, contractor, contract managers, all kinds of stuff, CPAs, all kinds of things. And uh, so the idea here is to, what we have here is we have government managing our every move. 
the, the founders said, we don't want that. But we have allowed this. Why? Because our education has been dumbed down and we don't have independent thinkers like we used to have. We have people that are just told a bill of goods like, oh, we, we, we can't have any, we can't have a ball game right now. We can't play ball together. Okay. Do you see how the government can shut you down? Oh, you can't. There's no uh, mass meetings. Can't have any mass meetings. We're shutting down freedom of speech. We cannot. I'm just waiting to say you can't have church. Like us going into the Yuba County Jail and having classes, it's like me going to church. There's four or five hundred people there some nights, or two or three hundred. Right? I'm in a I'm in a lot better controversial situation in church than I am going to Yuba County Jail. I'm just sitting in a class with maybe twenty people at most at a time. But over here at at uh, church, I don't know why they're not shutting down church meetings or any any big meetings, big banquets. Chief Webb at Linda Fires having a big banquet because he's retiring. I don't know why they wouldn't shut that down. Just, you know, if, if any any contact, right? You think we don't have a totalitarian government? Just look what they're doing. Look what's going on. Check it out. All right. Uh, let's see. All right, let me see where we're going here. Hey, I want to make some comments about the bullet train, the great article. Uh, people that are been fired or they resigned. Actually, these guys resigned. Uh, Mark Skiles, it says, was hired in 2018, October, to help oversee Central Valley scheduling for the California bullet train. He soon learned he walked into a mess over the previous half decade. decade. The project had repeatedly fallen behind schedule and costs, uh, and the cost by 2018 had jumped from $64 billion to $77 billion. You mean You remember back in the day when I didn't vote for it, but California voters voted to borrow money to build a bullet train that no one really needed. A core problem was the project's operating culture in which managers for WSP, the bullet train's lead consultant, threatened to punish or terminate employees if they failed to tow the company line, Stiles said. I was told to shut up and not say anything. Uh... I was told to shut up and not say anything. This career construction manager said from his Fresno office, I was told that I didn't understand the political arena and the project that the project was in. I was told, I told them that I was going and not going to shut up. This is my job. In other words, they said, listen, don't be telling the general public that there's problems with this project. That's essentially what they're doing. And he said, I'm going to do, I'm a construction manager. If there's, if there's waste, if there's corruption, if there's stupidity, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it though. They canned him. Styles described an atmosphere, uh, that has been corroborated by that means for you and Oliver and Linda, that means it's been supported or confirmed or affirmed by a half dozen current and former senior officials knowledgeable at the projects Fresno from the projects Fresno office. Styles has no lawsuit or other legal, legal claims against the state. He's just saying this is ridiculous. It's a total boondoggle. He has, he's no longer with WSP. 
he left in November, calling it the worst job he's ever had. And he moved to a construction job out of state. The rail authority uh, was confronted, confronting delay claims resulting from its slow acquisition of land and change orders, both amounting to millions of dollars in higher costs. Within days, uh, Stiles asked to see the detailed justification documents for the change orders. He said he wanted to understand the delays and how they would affect future construction, a routine part of the scheduler's job. Stiles uh, said WSP management told him that he didn't need to see any documents. WSP was pushing to keep the numbers looking good, which in some cases involved altering reports written by its staff to make construction project look wonderful. You know something? We're... Anything government gets involved in, you remember what I just read you, talked about, I'm telling you, people, our founding fathers agreed 100% with this. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably, he comes to the conclusion, inevitably, that's always, he comes to the conclusion, almost always, the conclusion is that government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. The fascinating thing is, without reading that, I made the exact similar comment to our sheriff. I said, I respect you, but I find I'm on Noah's Ark with a bunch of mentally ill people. I said, this government is totally insane. The swamp, the bureaucracy, totally insane. We're in our third segment here. I'm take, keeping better count. Tanner Martis down in Texas said, Lou, you skipped a whole segment last week. I was really tired. I was after a tip training. I was in the middle of the night, and I lost my mind. It sounded okay because he fixes all my mistakes. He makes me sound good when I sound really bad. So uh, we're going to play a couple of clips. You, there's one clip here. Castro wasn't a bad example of left-wing socialist policies. He's a perfect one. Check out old Fidel. Most people can't even spell his name. Most kids are so stupid today, they can't even spell his name. All right. People are camping out for just a chance to watch President Donald Trump make his pitch to the people of Nevada. A lot of people actually waited overnight camping out. Look at this economy. Look at the low unemployment. I'm a black business owner right here in Las Vegas. I can't do this without a president who understands business. We are in the midst of the great American comeback. We celebrate one of the greatest moments in the history of sports, the miracle on ice. Confidence is soaring like These guys, jobs are booming, incomes are surging. Some of us got bigger paychecks. Thanks, Trump. Going to make our country safe. The people that understand it the best are Hispanic. This is my first rally. I used to be a Democrat. You're doing a good thing with that wall. Me and my wife, we are 100% Mexican, and we're proud to be American. We are finally putting America first. Keep it up. 
Please, Donald Trump, please keep it up. My budget stops funding for the licensing of waste storage at Yucca Mountain. Since my election, over 125,000 new jobs have been created right here in Nevada. America is thriving like never before. You believe in miracles? Yes! And ladies and gentlemen of Nevada, the best is yet to come. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Bernie Sanders is facing a good amount of backlash for praising Fidel Castro's communist reign over Cuba, which frankly is awfully unfair if you ask me. After all, it seemed to work out for everybody. You know, if you ignore the poverty, starvation, economic despair, and oppression. Because what's a little malnutrition when you've got the government cheese, right? Just not actual cheese, because nobody could afford that. Now, this is not a big secret. In fact, it's pretty much available to anyone with access to a keyboard and Wi-Fi, so not Cubans. Castro's five-decade reign in Cuba left the country in shambles. What started out as a revolution that promised to lift Cubans out of poverty at the expense of the ultra-wealthy sounded all familiar. It ended up wrecking a nation for generations. Castro seized land for redistribution and limited how much you could own. His socialist policies like free education, wage limits, rent control, and health care for all bankrupted the entire country. When the Soviet Union collapsed because its own socialist model went belly up and Cuba lost those subsidies and trade agreements, malnutrition triggered an outbreak of disease so bad that the state's free health care system could not keep up. Cubans were forced to buy rationed food with government food cards. Things like dairy products and meat were too expensive for most people to buy on the regular. The state did provide free education, of course, but a great pile of help that is when you graduate and you can't find a job because your country's entire economy is in the toilet. In the 1990s, the housing deficit in Havana grew by 20% a year. Nearly half of all the houses would be considered structurally uninhabitable. Most haven't seen any considerable amount of upkeep since the 1950s. Didn't like it? Couldn't say so. Anybody who spoke out against the government were thrown into horrific prisons that most people wouldn't let their dogs walk through. Thousands of political dissidents were harassed and tortured. Basic human rights and political freedoms were outright denied. Things were so bad under Castro that people were loading their kids, babies, and all of their handful of earthly possessions onto pool noodles and garbage can lids trying to float to Florida to get away from it. You know, you don't do that if your country's utopian dream is working out so well. Now, Sanders says this. We're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba. But, you know, you got, it's unfair to simply say everything is bad. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing? Even though Fidel Castro did it? There's a lot of dissidents imprisoned in, in Cuba. That's right. And we condemn that. He likes to point to the country's literacy program as some kind of bright spot in the midst of an otherwise steaming pile of dog crap, because apparently if you throw enough glitter on a turd, it magically turns into a cupcake. You know what their literacy program was? It was force-feeding people communist propaganda at the point of a government gun. So, hey, you know, sorry about your lack of basic freedom and, you know, food, but at least you can read about your own oppression in a book, right? Great. See, this is socialism. This is communism. It's one and the same. Guess how we know? Because Karl Marx said so. There is no utopia. There's no final destination where everyone is free and healthy and happy and dancing through the fields chasing butterflies. There is no socialist paradise that we just haven't discovered because no one's done it right yet. 
Castro was not a bad example of far-left policies. He was a perfect example of them. They worked exactly as they were designed to. Everyone was made equal, equally poor, while the state enjoyed all the amenities of government that didn't have to worry about ever being challenged by the unarmed, starving peasants. And that is exactly what the left will do here. We're not immune to this just because we're America. We can go down with the ship just as easily as any other nation that has ever ushered in these terrible, awful, no good, very bad policies that have never worked in the history of mankind. All of the medical innovations made possible by a free market, all that technology, all the means of production, all gone. The agricultural advancements that have fed billions, the biomedical engineering that has cured diseases and given us vaccines and prosthetics, gone, all gone. You will own nothing, not even yourself. This is not a secret. It's right there in the history books over and over and over again. Cuba, Venezuela, the USSR, all lying in ruin thanks to revolutions that promise to solve everyone's problems if you will just surrender your freedom and any sense of personal responsibility to the state. And I don't know about you, but I would rather sweat every single day for the little that I do have then wind up face first in the dirt, licking the boots of a government that promised to save me and trampled on me instead. Almost over, time is running out for the magic. I know you get the best that you had, but one more chance couldn't be all that hard to bear. All right, we're back. Uh, Let's see. So that's a bullet train. Uh, We didn't, people said they wanted it, but then it's now costing what? Is it 10 times as much? I don't even, it's just ridiculous. So let's talk, let's talk for a few minutes about uh, the coronavirus. Okay. So, um, Talked to the former health officer for Yuba County, Yuba County for 20, 25 years. Dr. Joe Cassidy was the health officer. He actually served as health officer and the doctor of the jail. Now there's two or three people have to do that job because they can't afford that. They, they just don't want to work as hard, right? Doc at that time was uh, on call 24 hours a day for the jail. unless So they, It uh, kept people from being hauled over to Adventist Emergency Department, which costs the county a fortune. But we had fat people like uh, Mary Jane Griego, obese people that tried to tell us how to eat and uh, and be more healthful and wanted to control the uh, fast food business in in uh, Yuba County, eliminate fast food restaurants because she she wanted did she had a restaurant all of us that wasn't fast food. And she said, well, it's hurting all the, it's doing her, her and John Dencoletti were probably the most obese people on the supervisor board in generations, but they were trying to tell us how to eat and take care. And, uh, so she wanted to fire Dr. Cassidy. This is so incredible. Government tries to fire the most efficient people, the most effective people in government. Isn't that amazing? She's a liar and a criminal and she, uh, She's still running around benefiting from her crazy decisions and on the board of Oliver's Public Utility Commission, for goodness sakes, a fry cook. She's like that uh, Cortez that was a bartender. They put her in charge of an entire congressional district. The gal's a nutcase, same way with Griego. 
So uh, I want to talk to you about independent thinking and thinking things through. Kid called me yesterday. I, I call him a kid. He's in his 20s. He said, Luke, help me out with this coronavirus. What do you think is going to happen? I said, just ignore the whole thing. Wash your face. Wash your hands. Go about your life. Have a good life. So most people, uh, and I've talked to then Dr. Cassidy was the health officer. He used to, when you remember the swine flu, all the different things, right, that have come through the West Nile virus, Ebola, all this stuff. And uh, he just, you know, all this political huff and puff. Oh, we need we need another six billion dollars. Well, we're not going to survive everybody getting a cold. You remember, you know, I was talking to the head of the jail yesterday, the captain of the jail. And I was saying, you know, something every once in a while, something will happen, right? Oh, everybody's getting a cold. Oh, three deputies had to call in because they had had a bad cold. So you, I said, Alan, I said, you just you just backfill them, right? You you wait till they get over the cold and then they come in. You don't like shut down. You don't shut down the city. You don't shut down school. You don't now. Now we've set the set the tone to just shut down everything, put people into a camp. I I didn't say that to him, but I just said, well, what are we doing here? We're shutting down the airlines. We're shutting down ball games. Oh, one of the have you know? I used to go to ball games, watch the Warriors or the Kings play, and so you're hoping you know teams coming into town to play, and you're hoping to watch a certain player, and they get there and they say, oh, he's not playing tonight. He has he has a flu. He has a stomach problem. He has a cold. We didn't set, shut down the whole the whole game. He just was out. And they replaced him with somebody else until he recovered. God forbid that he would die. He might die. People die every day. Is there anybody still living that was old when you were born? No, they all died. A hundred percent of them. There's only a couple people, in fact, the Bible that went directly to heaven and didn't do, go through death. But all those people, all those generations, everybody in my dad's generation is dead right now. All those people I used to do things with. They were coaches. They were teachers. All the teachers that I knew from Marysville High School, except maybe one or two or three, are dead now because they're old. That's it. They died of something. So what are the leading causes of death? They are not any of these viruses. They aren't the swine flu. They're not the H1B1 or whatever that thing was called. They're not the West Nile virus. And people say, oh, well, that's because we fought it. We fought it. We chased those viruses up and down the street with a swatter with the invisible swatter, and we were swatting those viruses. Come on, people. Be an independent thinker. What's killing us? Heart disease? Who who created that? You did. Cancer. How'd you get it? You did. You're bitter, right? Unintentional injuries. That was you. You were flying over a ramp on a dirt bike, right? Or you were jumping off a high place, or you were swimming drunk in the river. That's unintentional injuries. Chronic low, lower respiratory disease, leading cause of death. That's because you're smoking the weed, smoking cigarettes, stroke and cerebrovascular diseases, Alzheimer's, diabetes. You're, you're 500 pounds. No wonder you got diabetes, kidney disease, suicide, right? No virus caused suicide. 
74% of all deaths in the United States occur as a result of 10 causes. Not one of them is one of these viruses. Do the viruses, that virus going to kill some people? I mentioned the other day that a bee sting would kill a lot of the elderly people in this country because they're sicker than an old sick dog. Why? Because they smoked all their life. They drank a bunch of alcohol. They abused their body. They're fat. They're lazy. They're out of shape. They ran their body into the ground. And so a bee sting would kill them, right? They get a little cold. Oh, my God. Granny's dying. Yeah, granny's going to die of something. Oh, you are you against helping all the people live until they're 120? I don't want to live until I'm 120 unless I can, like, run, fly, fly on a plane and go places and do things. I'd much rather, you know, the problem is people, people don't know God. They think they're going to die, and that's the end. They got a big old surprise coming. The party continues. The party continues. And where you go is up to your choice. If you're too stupid, like I tell people in jail, it's all about skills. You had to learn how to wipe your butt, get a spoon of food in your mouth, buy a burger, get your clothes on, things match, tie your shoes. It's all about gaining skills. Use a condom when you're going to do the wild thing and you you don't know what pot you're dipping into, disease pot. I'm going to talk about the, the greatest, you know, Here's what people ought to be worried about. You, most of you out there probably got a, a venereal disease. Our police chief, former police chief, Aaron Easton, uh, had a wife that was faithful to him, and he brought home. He, he not only was out there <clears throat> arresting people, but he was having sex with some people he arrested and brought home a venereal disease and gave it to his wife. How's about that for a little Valentine's gift? Give her your wife venereal disease from some other woman or some other guy. What we should be worried about is a huge spike in syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. That's what's killing people. You think, oh, that can't kill you. Yeah, it can kill you. In fact, syphilis will make you go crazy, make you retarded, make you mental ill think, well, if I got it, I'd know it. No, a lot of times the symptoms, you don't know you're, you're packing it and you're just spreading it all around. You think, oh, good. I had sex with all those girls over the last six months. Yeah. You've got them all diseased up or you got yourself a disease. That's what we should be worried about. How about a crisis that we could really fix? How about homelessness? I just noticed that we have an entirely new development in Marysville. You didn't think we had new developments in Marysville because we have limited by levees? Well, Marysville actually extends over the levee in a couple directions for a little bit up to the Yuba River, and then it changes to the county. And so the county cleaned out their side of the Yuba River with what we call Simpson Lane, where the river comes down and goes under the bridge going out to Linda. Not the E Street Bridge, but the Simpson Lane Bridge. And now we've got all kinds of, we got an entire encampment out there. We got, we don't have tents. We got trailers. We got, we got RVs. We got people putting up security lighting out there, lit up all night. I, I drove over the dock. I said, hey, there's like little condos out there and stuff. That's a big old crisis. Venereal disease is a crisis. How about opiates? Around says 74% of all deaths in the United States occur as a result of 10 causes. Are we, do you stay up at night worrying about kidney disease, heart disease, cancer? 
you wake up, oh my God, there's oncology units, cancer units in every hospital. I can't believe cancer's taking over. I can't believe. No, we don't have one sick person from coronavirus, and we can't go in the jail. We can't go to a ball game. They're shutting down. We can't even go see the Kings. They're quitting. We can't go to spring. Somebody at tip training last night said, oh my God, she can't even go. She's so upset. She can't go to spring training. And she actually follows Jesus. I thought, where's your priorities, girl? Screw spring training. Why don't you go help somebody in the river bottoms? Get a life. According to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, there were 2,813,503 registered deaths. I can't believe it. Did anybody go mentally ill over that? Did anybody? Is anybody going to bereavement groups, grief groups? Because almost 3 million people died in 2017. I can't take it. We've got to stop these people from dying. Heart disease. Do you even know how many people died of these different things? Do you think, oh, well, the government has got to stop this? No, the government, what we don't want is the government to tell you how to live your life. If people want to smoke, smoke, smoke those cigarettes, and you don't want to take all the cigarettes off the market, we're stopping <coughs> We're stopping heroin, and we're now eliminating all tobacco products in the United States of America, so help me God. And that's going to, you think we'd save a lot of lives? We, I tell people every time we have a bad car accident and kids die, all kinds of ages die, I'd say, okay, uh, I know you're sad that that person's gone, but it's not going to affect, we're not going to remove the cars from the road tomorrow. Why? Because in fact, right now, as we're pronouncing death at Adventist Hospital from this car accident, cars are streaming by and nobody's running out on the street. Stop all the cars. Pull, park them, park them. Where's the horses? Let's get the horses and try them. Get the horses out and bicycles. We're going to go back to bicycles. They're less damaging. We can fall off of them and survive. We could fall off a horse and survive most of the time. No, 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 no. Well, we we think it's totally fine to have 35,000 car deaths a year and just keep on driving and keep on getting tickets because we don't obey the speed limits. We don't follow the red lights. But, oh, my God, I can't believe he died in a car accident. I just saw him yesterday. We had a hamburger. It doesn't motivate us to stop driving. Why are we stopping going to baseball games, football games? Why are we stopping our our normal activities? Oh, we we're we're eliminating every person that's coming into the jail. Why? They might have a cold. They might have the sniffles. I think I think what we should do is fire everybody that ever has the sniffles from now on. If you get the sniffles, you are eliminated from the the game called life. Heart disease, 647,000. You think we're going to have 647,000 corona deaths? Oh, my God. One more person. They said a person. Did you hear? A person in L.A. A person in L.A. has got coronavirus. They're up in Dallas. They found another person down there. He's got the virus. What? What's the virus do? Does it make you incompetent? Does it make you incontinent? Does it cause you to pee all the time? It's, it'll give you the sniffles and a sore throat. And it might cause you to be short, short of breath. Cancer, 600,000 people in 2017. Percentage of total deaths in the United States killed 21%. Did 
Did you quit smoking cigarettes? Did you quit eating refined sugar, processed foods? No, didn't do any of that. Did you quit being bitter, revengeful? Science proves that bitterness, bitter, hard-hearted people get cancer. Did you quit all that? Did you get, did you forgive people? No, 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 no. Estimated cancer deaths in 2019, lung and bronchial cancer, 76,000. Prostate cancer, 32,000. Colorectal, that's in your butt, 27,000. Females, leading cause females, 66,000 lung and bronchial. Breast cancer, 41, almost 42,000. Colorectal, 20, almost 24,000. Unintentional injuries, 169,000. Doing the wild thing, risky stuff. Operating heavy equipment under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Oh, why don't you get clean? Oh, I like, I like, I, I, just, I don't want to get, I, I like to do, you know, I like to drink, right? Got people in the jail, had three and four DUIs. You'd think they learned, oh, that DUI cost them 10000 That next one cost them 15000 They like to drink their alcohol, right? Oh, no, we're going to save them. We're going to say, you can't leave your house. We're fining you. You didn't wash your hands. 160,000 lower respiratory disease, bronchitis, emphysema, asthma, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. That's can't breathe and your heart's all screwed up. Says smoking drastically increases a person's risk of developing these conditions. Asthma. I remember I had asthma. People say, oh, you never smoked cigarettes. How come? I said, everybody in my family did. I had asthma. Why? Because my parents were feeding me all kinds of food I think I was allergic to, like milk and gluten. We didn't know all that back then. But I had asthma and and cigarettes, I thought, that made me sick when I got cigarette smoke down my lungs. Oh, I couldn't breathe. All self-inflicted. Stroke. The fifth is stroke. Alzheimer's. Diabetes, 83,000. Influenza, number eight of ten is influenza and P pneumonia. You ever wonder why they put a P on there? Not just, can't just start pneumonia with an N. You had to throw a P in there. P, P pneumonia. Fifth, in 2017, did you like wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat? Oh, my God. 55,672 people died of pneumonia. Happens every single year. Not any articles about it. Oh, my God. You know, wash your hands. Wash your face. You know, don't go to work. Don't go to a ball game. Quit. Don't go to your kid's graduation. Don't do. Don't go to a wedding. There's going to be 200 people there. That's too many. That's over the limit. You can only have 30 people. Come on, man. This is so absurd. Remember that it says right here, George Orwell, there are some ideas so wrong that only the very intelligent person could believe in them. Educated beyond their intelligence. Stupid people. Some of the stupidest people in this country are got PH and Ds, and they love to put it after the name. Damn it. Call me a PhD. I'm Lou Benninger, Ph.D. or M.D. Do not leave that off. I'm Dr. Benninger. 
because I'm a really important person, even though I can drop dead at just like you can. In the meantime, while I am alive, you will call me doctor. Well, good for you. P pneumonia and influenza, 55,000. Calls it a highly contagious viral infection. Like, quit spitting on me and quit kissing me. Don't, don't, in other words, it's saying don't exchange spit. Behave yourself. Darn it. Kidney disease, 50,000. You'd think we got all these kidney dialysis places. They're like little filling stations, but they're sucking the crap right out of your system. They're cleaning your blood, keeping people alive. People in this country are going out and taking their own life. Almost 50,000 people just said, I am so unhappy. I am going to end my life. That's just, that's what happens. 47,173 in, in 2017. You, you concerned about that? I, I am. I We do about two suicides deaths a month average in the Yuba Sutter area. I think there's more than that, but we don't get called. Tip doesn't get called to all of them, but I'm troubled by that. Because those people suffered so bad, they decide the best thing they can do is end their life. You'd think if we are losing, you think we're going to lose 47,000 people from any of these swine flus, <coughs> West Nile virus, all these things that we made a big spend billions of dollars on, or the current coronavirus? You think we're going to lose 47,000? Do you think we're all worked up over this suicide thing? We don't get that worked up over it. We post things on the internet, how to how to help your friend who's having a tough time so they don't do that all right we'll be right back i'm gonna we got a force we're finishing on our fourth segment one two three trying to keep things straight for tanner down there okay crony capitalism we're going to talk about check this out this will blow your mind Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is calling for stricter regulation of the web. Facebook wants new regulations. Mark Zuckerberg wrote an op-ed that said, lawmakers often tell me we have too much power over speech, and frankly, I agree. We shouldn't make so many important decisions on our own. Wow, it sounds so self-sacrificing. But give me a break. Big companies tend to like regulation because it gives them an advantage over smaller competitors. After all, startups can't afford the squads of lawyers and compliance officers that Facebook employs. In France, they embedded officials inside the company. My position is not that there should be no regulation. Zuckerberg issued his call for regulation after spending hours being grilled by members of Congress. I think the Internet is increasingly important. Do you embrace important. regulation? I, I think the real question as the internet becomes more important in people's lives, is what is the right regulation, not whether there should but, but be or not. But you as a company welcome regulation? I think if it's the right regulation, then you yes. Think Zuckerberg's no dope. He sees which way the wind is blowing. So would you work with us in terms of what regulations you think are necessary in your industry? Absolutely. So Facebook will work with politicians to shape regulation. 
What's sad is that if anyone should fight for permissionless innovation, it should be people like Mark Zuckerberg. It's no accident that the amazing wealth creation that brought us Facebook, Google, Instagram, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, smartphones, computers, all happened in the two big metropolitan areas farthest from Washington, D.C. Microsoft in the early 1990s was the largest company in the world, incredibly successful. And they spent exactly zero dollars on lobbying, on cronyism, on lawyers. They had no presence in Washington, D.C., not a single lawyer. Instead of spending money on lawyers and lobbyists, they spent it on technology. But once politicians noticed their success... And they were literally brought in front of Congress. They were yelled at by a Republican, Aaron Hatch from Utah. He said, you guys need to get involved here in Washington, D.C. You need to build a building here. You need to hire lawyers here. In other words, the unspoken text, you need to bribe me. And Microsoft walked out of the meeting and said, you know what? You leave us alone, we will leave you alone. We're, we're busy. We're running the biggest company in the world. There's a lot to do. The Justice Department has charged Microsoft. Six months later, knocking the door at Microsoft. We're from the Justice Department. And we're here to prosecute you because you're offering the American public, you're offering your customers a product for free. This is Internet Explorer at a time when we were buying Netscape and paying money for it. They offered it for free. And that was deemed, you know, bad business practices. They were trying to monopoly, trying to dominate the market. For 10 years, they had to fight that lawsuit. They lost. They got regulated. They got controlled. Guess how much Microsoft spends today in Washington, D.C.? How much? Tens of millions of dollars. They have a beautiful building, about equal distance from the White House and from, the, uh, from Congress. They have lawyers. They have lobbyists. They spend a lot of money. And indeed, a lot of the other tech companies, like Google, learned the lesson. The lesson is, if you don't want politicians destroying your business, practice self-defense. Go to Washington and give them money. Kiss their rings. Making sure to keep politicians at bay. So a lot of the lobbying... A lot of the so-called cronyism is self-defense. Yes, and Zuckerberg's acting in self-defense. But it's still ugly. And Silicon Valley's crony capitalism is a threat to future innovation. But in fairness to Zuckerberg, he didn't start it. But let's remember where cronyism comes from. Cronyism occurs when government starts interfering in business. And then business has to defend itself. And as soon as it hires the lawyers and the lobbyists to defend itself... It quickly slips in to now gaining favors from the government who has all this power. If we really want to end cronyism, what we need to do is reduce the power of politicians over our lives, actually separate economics from state. All right. Before I go on here, I want to talk about a couple of people that support us. Uh, I'm going to talk more about the coronavirus and how foolish we are overreacting and losing our freedoms. Just voluntarily giving them up, just folding and going home, losing our businesses. A lot of businesses will fail because of this. But uh, one business that's been a, a couple of businesses that have been really helpful to us staying on the air costs us a little bit to be, I, I say on the air, it's a euphemism, we're on the net, right? So we're um, 
on the internet, the World Wide Web. So uh, a couple of businesses, Monty Hecker, the, who started, founded uh, Elite Universal Security. Uh, he based out of Yuba County, but he's now in multiple counties all through up the North State, starting below Sacramento, all the way up into Oregon. If you want a job uh, protecting other people, that's a good job, right? Helping other people stay safe and their property be safe. You could join Elite Universal Security, and you can call them at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280, or you could go to api-academy.com, or you could go to eliteuniversalsecurity.com, and uh, you can find jobs there, or if you need some help uh, managing your business's security, Monty Hecker's a sharp guy. He has a lot of good ideas uh how to how to install cameras certain inexpensive cameras and uh where it shows what's going on when you're not there set eyes and you can actually watch what's going on at your place when you're not there right on your phone and uh but monty's been a great help to us here we thank him he also they're doing uh for all you that uh i don't particularly uh follow the law on concealed weapon permits. If I want to carry my gun, I'm going to carry my gun. And I'm not going to ask the government permission to have a gun or carry a gun. That's contrary to the Second Amendment, the the, the uh, Constitution. And so Monty, though, offers classes so you'll be compliant uh, legally with having a concealed weapon. So they conduct a couple sets of classes on the weekends a month. You can call them to find out about that. And they will train you. They also train you on ha- how to handle a taser. If you want to, instead of a gun, you're a little nervous about a gun, but you think, I think I think my wife needs a taser, or my wife needs pepper spray, or my kid needs pepper spray, etc. They'll help you. They'll train you. They'll also train you if you want to be a guard for them. They'll train you how to do that. Maybe you think, I, I don't have any experience. They'll take people experience. They're looking for people that are reputable with a good background, clean background, and a great attitude, want to work. And uh, they they uh, patrol areas around my area, which is a heavy homeless area. Thank thankful uh, to Robert Bendorf over the county administrator that created a homeless camp right just down the street from me. So I got people in my backyard. I got people in my garage. I uh, got people taking a poop on my property. Right. It's we've now become a third world nation over here in Marysville, California, where I'm living and broadcasting out of. And uh, so you could take firearms class from those guys. So give Monty a call. Tell him you heard it on the No Hostages radio broadcast. Also, Dave Green is construction. I just saw amazing photo on Facebook where they tore out a kitchen and she, and they it, they increased the height of the kitchen, went up to 10 feet right up into the attic, just made it bigger and better and higher and wider. And it just showed the before and after. I thought, geez, that's amazing what they did. That's beautiful. I, I, I wouldn't even, if I could just, I could eat and live in the kitchen. I wouldn't even need to go anywhere else. Forget the bedrooms and all that kind of stuff. Man, I said, that is beautiful. I said, Solomon never had anything that good. David. King David didn't have anything that good. So Green is construction. If you want somebody you can trust, 
they'll actually do the job they say they're going to do, do a great job. You won't have any regrets. Like, oh, I don't like the way that kind of doesn't like line up or something. Are the colors weird on that? Or how come that's cracking over there? No, these guys got it dialed in. Green is construction. Green with an E-T-Z on the end. Green is construction.com. If you're a millennium, you can't hardly talk to a person face-to-face. You can email them off that site, greenitzconstruction.com, or go to the Facebook site, Dave Greenitz Construction. You can nose around, check out the, you know, don't take my word for it. Go check it out for your own self. And you can call them at 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. They are low, they're, Greenest Construction operates like the founding fathers' view of the government. That's low on bureaucracy. No swamp over there at the Greenest Construction operation. There is no swamp. Lean and mean. So when you call over there, if you get a live person answering the phone, that would be Dave himself. He does not have anybody he's trusting to answer the phone for him. If you get his voicemail, from my experience, I hardly hang up after leaving a voicemail. He's calling me back. What do you want? what you want. And we solve the problem. So he's always fast to fix my, I'm always got things breaking around here. I had to take my car in this week to, I I tell people, I surround myself with professional. I tell the people at the jail, if you want to have a good life, find a lot of people that are smarter than you to surround yourself with. So the other day I had my, I had a few light bulbs out. I need to change my oil. I needed a few things. I need some tires on my car. So I had to do a little maintenance on my car, just like I do maintenance on myself. I do maintenance on my car. So when I need house maintenance done, I call Dave Green's construction, and he fixes all the things that are broken around here. But he mainly, his mainly main gift is to take a kitchen and bathroom and transform it like you got yourself a brand new house. Unbelievable. Or like right now, I noticed last night, I had to throw the covers off. I had the window wide open. I was like sucking in all that fresh air. and But it's hot last night, hot, hot, hot. And so what, did you know that the Pacific Gas and Electric rates are two times as high as the average rate in the United States right now? That's because they're investing in homosexual causes, and they got to buy weird uh, fuel coming from the greenies, the bird blenders and solar. And so who needs to pay for that? Because the bird blender utilities and uh, solar costs way more to produce. So that means you got to pay for it because otherwise they can't make any money. And you're subsidizing the produce production of all that. If it was all fossil fuel and, and hydro uh, hydro energy and fossil energy, it produces real cheap energy, and so it's you don't have to subsidize that out of your taxes, right? So um, anyway, we're getting we're getting screwed around here with PG and E because they can't afford to stay in business and do the liberal policies of the Gavin Newsom administration. So one way around it is to put on solar. Some people are putting on solar. I'm not. But uh, another way is to have a whole house fan that Greenitz construction can throw in your attic and it sucks the hot air out of your attic so it doesn't like when it gets hot, it's sucking the hot air out of the house and the attic and pulling in cool air at night. Pretty cool. And it, it, it doesn't 
cost much to run that uh, equipment compared to running a, a central air conditioning unit. Those are expensive, dude. You ever gone out and watched your uh, the disc fly around on your Pacific Gas and Electric meter? Man, it's incredible when you fire up that heating and air unit. So uh, some of you out there in Idaho, Utah, Nevada, o- Oregon, Florida, you don't maybe you don't have that problem because we we got the most expensive utilities in in the United States right now and fuel gas dollar dollar and dollar fifty higher unbelievable so anyway give Dave Greenitz a, a shout out and uh, they will help you and they'll they'll do also he if you need to your front door is funky in fact my front doors the uh, the darn uh, doorknob has been turned you know my I got a 1937 doorknob on that thing and it's starting to get tired I'm not able to have to replace my doorknob uh, but they'll they'll put a whole new door in there and make that place look like come on man I didn't know this house could look so good so the other people that helped me in fact I just had them over here fixing stuff for me I had to put a new faucet on my sink I had a leak in my hot water heater. All of a sudden, stuff was happening with my plumbing. And then I had a toilet that, you know you know what a rocking horse is? That dude would rock when you'd sit down on it. said, look out, I need a seatbelt on this dude to hold me on here. They came in here and whooped it all together, and they said, there you have it, Lou. I just said, hey, I'm going to leave the door open for you. Get there when you can. I got to go to the jail, do some classes. When I come back, I'll catch you with a check. So they fixed me up. That's a plumbing doctor. And you can reach them at 530-671-9111. Remember, 911-911. Call. They'll get you the emergency emergency services. Or you can call nine, add one more one, 671-9111, three ones, and you get plumbing doctor. That's emergency too, right? You flush the toilet and it comes back and starts chasing you down the hallway. That's a bad sign, dude. Or if you like, we're washing the dishes and you're looking out the window and there's steam coming out of your grass, that's a bad sign there as well. Happened to me, both of them. I've learned all trial and error. I'm the kind of guy, you know, that somebody said that there's a lot of ways to learn. You can you can read about other people making their mistakes or you can watch other people make a mistake or you can pee on the electric fence yourself. Most of my friends pee on the electric fence over there in Juvenile Hall. And uh, they remember it. So I was talking about the various deaths, right? And so you think, oh, what's a big crisis? Right now, we have a man-made, I'm saying a man-made, a human-made crisis called the corona crisis. And and the Democrats are using it. The Democrats don't care about black people, minorities, or people in general. They just say, screw everybody. What we want is power. That's what we want is power. So they... No matter whether Trump doesn't have one death in the United States because of a, uh, I, I, I was going to call it the Obama virus. Maybe we're going to have an Obama virus. Maybe that's a Freudian slip, they say, the coronavirus. So maybe he doesn't have any deaths. They'll find something wrong. Well, then you shouldn't have blocked all those people flying from your, flying in from Europe. Then you shouldn't have done this and you shouldn't have done that. Just sh- They're shooting on Trump all the time, just shooting on him. I always tell people in the jail, don't shoot on me and I'm not going to shoot on you. 
Opiate deaths in America. Do you care about opiate deaths in America? Oh, well, they deserve what they get. They're damn heroin addicts and opium addicts and, you know, Norco, oxycodone. Screw those people. They're bad people. Bad seed, you know, bad seed. 2017, 70,200 overdose deaths. That's more than car accidents. That's more than car accidents and suicide combined. Opiate deaths. Damn those people. Hate those opiate users. 70,000 overdose deaths of various types. 47,600 opiates, or what they say, opioids, if you really want to be really in with the top elite, brilliant people. Opioids. Say it. Oids. Oids. Opioids. 40, almost 50,000 opioid deaths, more than 130 every day. What would you do if, if they said tomorrow, today, 136 people died of the coronavirus? Would that like get your, get your attention? Oh my God. Having, having your latte in the morning, calling your husband, honey, 136 people died of coronavirus. Do you ever call them and say 130 people died of opioid related deaths? No, you don't care about them. You don't care. Only if your kid died of one, you might care about it. More than 130 died every day from opioid-related drug overdoses in 2016 and 17, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. Venereal disease? That concern you? You think it's a threat to our well-being and society's well-being? 2.4 2.4 million cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis reported in the United States in 2018. Hold on to your hat or whatever you wear nowadays, your bra, your panties, your G-string. The highest cumulative number of disease from sexually transmitted diseases ever recorded in the big old world. The leap in cases over the last few years is truly eye-popping. Does your eyes pop out if just one person dies of coronavirus in the state of California with almost 40 million people? Does that pop your eyes out? Or would 130 people a day dying from overdoses? The hospital in, in uh, right here in Marysville where I live, every day overdose. Something's going on over there. Combined cases of syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia reached an all-time high in the United States in 2018. Syphilis, congenital. Do you know what congenital syphilis is? That's when the baby gets syphilis from a mama. She gets syphilis. She's screwing people that are dirty. She gets syphilis and passes it right on down what my friend calls the biblical cord into the baby. And... 22% 22% increase. What it, who cares? It, they say, you know, if you just get if you just have syphilis, just old penicillin, just that old 1935 or 40 version of penicillin will just knock it right out. But if the ladies don't get a prenatal care, they don't realize they got syphilis and the baby gets it. What happens? Do they give babies penicillin? Not it deforms the baby. They might come out with a short arm or their brain screwed up or blind or dead babies. It's gnarly. It's like funky gnarly, right? 
22% increase in congenital syphilis. That's baby syphilis. There were more than 115,000 syphilis cases. Then there was primary, the number of primary and secondary syphilis cases. I think a lot of people in the government have syphilis because they're so crazy. People who used to had syphilis, advanced syphilis, would be held in what they called sanitariums. Okay, gonorrhea increased 5% to more than 580,000 cases. Chlamydia increased 3% to more than 1.7 million cases. I don't know what kind of venereal disease that Sarah Easton had from her police chief husband. It used to screw people when he was working for Yuba County Sheriff's Department. They'd go out and screw women right in the old car. Isn't that cool, some of these deputies? And then he moved on, and we, you know, in government, when people screw up, you promote them. So he got a promotion from a sheriff's deputy to the chief of police, even after the city of Marysville was told the the guy that did the background investigation said, this guy's screwing everything. He, he sees a knot hole in the fence. He's got to pull over and take care of it. This guy's got a problem. Sex dolls, knot holes in fence, donuts, everything. He just sees a hole. He gets an erection. He's got to take care of the business. He likes to spank women, put bags over their head, put tape around their neck, strangle them while they have just regular sex and and love does not. He's gone beyond that. I don't even I don't know. I haven't ever talked to Aaron Easton about whether he screwed a donkey or a sheep or tried that. I think he probably did. Gave his wife. A venereal disease. Would that get your attention, ladies or men? If you weren't fooling around, you've been with your wife for years, and all of a sudden you come up with a venereal disease, say, did I get that off the coffee cup that wasn't washed good at work? Or did I get that off the water fountain? You nervous about venereal disease out there? You should be. You shouldn't even be giving coronavirus a second thought, but you should be worried about venereal disease, and particularly if you've had multiple partners over the years and never been tested. You should go to your primary care physician, Ampla Health, Peachtree Clinic, somewhere, 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 and describe. They say you can't just go say, I I need to be checked for venereal disease. All these diseases are different. So you got to describe your behavior. How many partners you had, da-da-da, and then they'll start testing you. And then if, you've, if you're positive, they've got to go track your partners because now they got it. You think that's a con- would that be a concern? Yeah, that would be a concern to me. That's more concerned about the swine flu, SARS. I, for goodness sakes, I was in China when the SARS thing had broken out. I went over there. I didn't know what SARS, I didn't care what SARS was. We had flew a team in there. Went up into China, smuggled some Bibles. People are all wearing masks. The nice thing, there were no lines. I could go into any restaurant I wanted, get cheap food, and just get whatever I want. Had no problem. All right, we're we're into our, finished our fifth segment. So we're coming up. I'm going to stay, Tanner, I'm going to stay online today. So this is, uh, I got a section called, listen to this one, just a little over a minute long, called Dead Wrong. See how dead, when you're not an independent, sharp person that can study for yourself, you just believe a lot of lies. Check out Jonah Norberg 
And then uh, Aunt Boo's going to come on here. Okay, we'll be right back, and then we're going to wrap things up. This is Aunt Boo. Listen, this is real serious. Because see, some of y'all, your feelings done got hurt because you done got cussed out. You see what I'm saying? Listen, you need to understand that when someone loses a loved one, if you show up with some old dumb stuff, you, you, you might get cussed out. You see what I'm saying? Let me just share a few things that happened to us so you can understand what I'm talking about. Because there are some cuss-worthy situations. I'm not saying that you should cuss, but 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 sometimes that, that, that cuss out is understandable. Like we had people showing up asking for mama's clothes. We ain't even had a frunical. We ain't even had a frunical. And you showing up for mama's choir robe? You, you, you asking the children for their, their mama's choir robe so you won't have to buy one. We had people bringing over raw food for the family to cook. Raw pig feet. Bringing, bringing us their leftover food in their refrigerator. See, all of those things like that, they're cussworthy. Cussworthy. And then when you get cussed out, you sit in there, oh my God. God, he's supposed to be a minister. Well, he, he is a minister. And right now he's ministering that cuss out to your ear. Didn't did you hear his prophecy? The prophecy came forth. He said, if you say one more dumb thing out your mouth, you're going to get bust in the lip. Prophecy is the tale of those things that are to come. You keep talking, you're going to have a bloody lip. You see what I'm saying? So when people lose a loved one, you have to understand that their lives had changed forever. Ain't Pooh dead. She made all the cakes for the family reunion. Your life changed forever. Somebody come up with some old dumb stuff. Ain't Pooh still got them pots in there I like. They got a good old a bump, bump pan in there I want. Listen, you go up to somebody's house. And you get cussed out. You can't say you won't want. Because Aunt Boo done told you. If you don't know what to say, don't say nothing. And if you can't cook, don't bring no nasty food to somebody's house. They're already grieving. Now, I'm trying to save you from a cuss out. You know what I'm saying? Go by Bojangles, drop the food off, tell the family to be encouraged, get your punk iron in the car, and go home. International trade and airline deregulation. It'll be nice, they said. But do you know who else found it nice? The coronavirus. Globalization now threatens our very lives. Dead wrong. Researchers have shown that mankind's long history of travel and exposure to other populations has improved our resistance. Since most diseases are new versions of old ones, human mobility actually functions like a natural vaccination, and has probably prevented many major outbreaks. And when a bad new disease does strike, our best chance for survival is innovation and information across borders. On January 2nd, 2020, China announced that it had found a new virus. 
Using technologies developed on the other side of the globe, Chinese scientists could post the fully sequenced genome online in just one week. German researchers could then use this information to develop a diagnostic test to detect new infections in less than a week. And in just one and a half months, a U.S. biotech company could send a brand new vaccine for clinical trials. This was the fastest response to a disease in history, as science writer Ronald Bailey has noted. In a poorer and more closed world, diseases and viruses traveled slower, but they traveled freely until they had taken over the world completely. Pandemics are always terrible, but globalization has at least given us a fighting chance. So we're talking about the coronavirus and how ridiculous the the entire fear is and how – you remember uh, Rahm Emanuel with the Obama administration said we never pass up the opportunity that a crisis gives to make whatever changes, you know, uh, we want to make in society because people are susceptible. They get fearful and they'll just say, just give us peace, give us security. Peace at any cost, right? So when you think about STDs and you think about all these things that are killing us, opiate overdose, let me just give you some some things to think about. Multiple factors, STDs are blasting away. It's a huge problem. Did you ever hear hear about it on the media? Hardly at all. The reason I hear about it because I'm I have health presenters from Yuba County Health that come in and tell the inmates about it how syphilis has just gone nuts in this country. All of a sudden, boom, here's some, here's some reasons. Drug, drug use, poverty, shortage of money doesn't cause you to get these diseases. What it does is uh, there's a lot of stupid people that are poor, and so they don't take care of themselves, and they use multiple partners, and they don't get tested. Or they don't they 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 think they got something they go ahead and have sex with it. I've known people had HIV. They go have sex with other people and give them HIV. The stigma of having it, not wanting to go and talk to the doctor about it. Unstable housing, in other words, they can't find them after you know they find one person that got it. Then they go try to find his other his partner and they moved already. Decreased condom use. Or they use them wrong. They can't even figure out how to use a condom. Put them on backwards, then flip it over, contaminate themselves. Decreased condom use among young people, gay and bisexual men. You know, we never, this politically correct nonsense, they would rather die than than tell the truth. The fact is that gay, homosexual, and bisexual men are promoting and propagating these venereal diseases. Oh, no, well, how could that be? Because God created them that way. How could they be diseased 
because, you know, God created, you know, for those that include God in it, they were just born that way. So they should be able to do whatever they want and not get diseases. Then they blame also the cuts to STD programs at the state and local level, the funding. The funding. If people follow what the Bible says, they probably would never get an STD. Right? Because if you if you link up with a woman or a man and stay true to them, that would be called monogamy. And, they, you know, the homosexuals say, ah, well, we're, we're, we're more faithful than you are. Honestly, you know, some of I talked the first guy that I ever met had full blown AIDS. He said to me, I took him out to lunch. I said, explain this AIDS thing to me and, and how this homosexual behavior, how this, how this all, what's it like being a homosexual and all that kind of stuff. He said, Lou, uh, he said he had had hundreds of partners. I don't know how many heterosexuals there are out there today. Listen to this show, but, uh, how many partners have you had over the years? And he had multiple partners in one day. This guy said he'd have multiple partners in one day. They just had hookup spots, right? Hookup spots. The Riverfront Park down here in Marysville used to be a hookup spot. I don't know whether it still is or not. They just, people come down there. It wasn't like they wanted to meet a friend and, and court one another and have a relationship. No, no, no. They just went in the bathroom and, and just anonymously. Uh, have sex with somebody and then both of them say hallelujah to you and then they got in your car and left that's how that was they didn't exchange addresses they just said happy to meet you and that was it right it says urgent action needed to break the cycle of stds really how urgent are we talking about you want to talk about homosexuality no 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 we can't talk about homosexuality because that's a blessing of god Doing a guy's butt is a blessing of God. Getting HIV, yeah, well, that, you know, that's that's God's fault. He should have covered that when he made us so we could just hit any hole we could find. Well, that's that's a problem. So uh, Dr. Cassidy sent me this. Flu can cause up to $650,000. Shoot. I'm losing my mind. Flu can cause up to 650,000 deaths a year globally. Does that catch? That's every year. That's not just this year because of Corona. That's glo, it's This is from global health matters by Aunt Abraham Palach. Sounds like a Jewish dude. Influenza is highly infectious. He says that usually strikes in the winter season. Globally, it causes an estimated 1 billion cases of influenza. Do you th- this is not coronavirus. This is not SARS. Oh, my God. You know, people are so weird. They show a film on a little clip, 10, 15-second clip on YouTube of a guy standing in on the street in China, and he just falls, falls over dead. We deal with that in trauma intervention all the time. We go out, and we respond to a house, and what happened? They found a guy laying in his driveway, unresponsive. How did he get here? He was standing most everybody, no one gets on their driveway in the prone position. They are standing, and then they fall over, and then we pick them up and take them to the hospital. So that's what happened on this thing. He just fell over. 
If we put him on YouTube, oh, my God, people could actually fall over and die. Have a heart attack. Have a stroke. Get lightheaded because they didn't eat breakfast. 650,000. 290 to 650,000 deaths per year globally. That's just what happens. People get the flu every single year. Are we going to go through this every single year? Are we going to shut down this, shut down that, shut down all the athletic events, shut down spring training, shut down all the schools? Kids can't study. Kids kids can't read Dr. Seuss anymore at school because somebody got sick somewhere. The intensity and severity of the influenza season varies year to year. Well, thank you for telling me that after all your education. For instance, the Spanish influenza pandemic. We have a pandemic here. That Asian lady who now runs our health department, we have a pandemic in the Yuba Center area with no people getting sick. God help us if 150 people get sick. We, I don't think we can take it. I think people will jump off the Marysville Hotel. They'll figure out a way to climb up to the top, and they'll jump off because— we have 150 people sick. We we have an epidemic. We have a we don't have an epidemic. We have a pandemic, pandemic, and not one person is sick in you. Beside, but we're going to shut down everything. We're going to control your life. We want all your money. How about how about we're going to draw your money right out of the account? Said the pandemic in 1918 estimated killed 50 million people over the two years after having infected. One third of the global, one third of the entire global population. Do you think, how many people do you think coronavirus has affected? 10,000 globally? We've got 7 billion people on the planet. I saw some news organization the other day said we had 5 or 6 billion. I thought, man, that dude, he definitely got dumbed down by the John Dewey education system. Ebola, you remember Ebola? Oh, my God. You remember Obama flying Ebola patients to the United States, infected people? Trump's keeping these people out. Obama actually says, I'm going to, like, rock your world, baby, out there. I'm going to fly them here, and we're going to put them. Remember the the nurse got sick from Ebola? Really, she screwed her up down in, I think it was in Texas or something. So 50 it says five one third around five hundred million people was were a, got the flu. They didn't die from it; they just got it. Some of them died from it in nineteen eighteen. Five hundred million. You know how many people uh, were killed by Ebola in two from in two thousand fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen altogether? About eleven thousand, right? Fifty million died from the flu in in the world. Does that concern you? No, because it happened all the way back in the boondocks, 2018, right? So it's not that big of a deal. Now, I want to talk some about, I wrote an article. I wrote an article, it's in the Territorial Dispatch as we speak, territorialdispatch.biz. You can look at it online or you could go to eterritorial.com. I think it's there. Uh, I'm, I'll post it on our website when you listen to this. Uh, if you want to go to our website at, at uh, nohostagesradio.com. Uh, sorry, got up early this morning, didn't have much sleep last night. I yawned. My friend from Thailand who listens, he's a missionary, he said, Lou, you need to have a mute button. Quit yawning, quit, quit drinking, and quit eating and coughing and sneezing and 
all the other kind of stuff. Be professional. I'm trying to be more professional, but today I had to jam this in. I got an interview happening right after this. I wrote an article called Sarah's Blood Cries Out, and um, it's on the territorialdispatch.biz if you want to look at it for yourself. <clears throat> but I wrote an article back in 2015, August 15, 2015, or actually the morning of the 16th, Sarah Matthews Easton was shot and killed by somebody. The adult in the home, other than her, was her husband, Aaron, who at that time was the police chief of Marysville. She also had three children that she birthed and loved just a few feet away in their bedrooms. And a number of shots were fired. And usually a person that's taking their own life does not fire off multiple rounds unless they're practicing just to see whether the gun works and they shoot a couple rounds into the ceiling. So they found three casings, but they found her with a gunshot to the, I heard to the back of the head. The reason I hear it, because they haven't ever made anything public. They claim they're still, it's an open case. Open case does not mean they're working on anything. It's kind of like saying my dishes are dirty, but you're just sitting around watching TV, eating bonbons. Saying your dishes are dirty does not implicate you in having to clean them. It just says they're over there and they're dirty. So when they say the case is still open, that doesn't mean for since 2015 they've been working on it. For some reason, they don't want to arrest anybody on this case. Now, it could be the fact that the district attorney, Amanda Hopper, was having sex with Aaron Easton. Now, that complicates things when you're having the district attorney is having sex with the the guy who maybe shot his wife. And the guy and the lady that got shot is their best friend. I have quotes around that, though they can't see it. So Amanda Hopper and Sarah Easton are best friends. And, and Amanda Hopper is having sex with <clears throat> Sarah Easton's husband. And then Sarah Easton's husband supposedly kills his wife after taking her out to a birthday dinner. That's kind of a way to top off the evening, right? You take your daughter, your your wife out for the, the dinner for her 32nd birthday. You come out, and a few hours later, she shot herself three, three times. She fired off three rounds. <clears throat> a couple of them hit herself in the head, right? And she's still in bed. Blood all across the headboard and up the wall. We can't figure out. <clears throat> we're going to go out and arrest all these gangbangers and stuff, but we can't figure this out. They said that they, the police, when they, the Yuba City Police, when they came, they gave him professional courtesies. That means they didn't approach the scene like they normally would have if it had been you and me dead in there or our wives. In other words, they didn't, they weren't as cautious as they normally would be. The scene had been tampered with. Not only did Sarah, uh, Amanda Hopper have, <clears throat> have sex with Sarah Easton's husband, but some people are suggesting even her husband had sex with, everybody wanted to have sex with his husband. What's going on in our community? People having sex with women and then they're having sex with men. It's crazy out there, people. It's crazy. I don't know whether it's a law enforcement problem. They get stressed out and then they want to have sex with everybody. Just screw, 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 screw. 
We need to have a we need to have a safe harbor for these people and have them screw sheep or something. Something that isn't going to get everybody all goofed up and shooting everybody, killing people. I always thought, hey, I went through a divorce. I said, why why would you kill somebody? I thought of killing somebody when I went through a divorce, but I thought, <clears throat> let's just have a divorce. Let's just have it and wade through all the misery of that. Why would you want to take somebody's life? Well, sometimes people take people's life in in a sexual flurry. It's called a snuff. It's called snuffing people, right? People like try to choke somebody out and then they have a higher exotic experience, erotic experience, exotic and erotic. And then ultimately like shooting somebody, that's like the ultimate but then you can't have sex with them over again unless you want to have sex with a dead person. Do you know that they, people do that? There are people that like to have sex with dead people. Now, I don't know whether that went on or not. I haven't got the autopsy. If any of you law enforcement guys are privy to that autopsy, I would like to look at the autopsy or know about the autopsy or get the police report. You could just leave it on my blue chair at 630 11th Street, and I will be glad to report on it. So the police department, I would say five years is enough. If you can't be able to sign a death certificate after five years, she killed herself or somebody killed her. You ought to quit. Just resign from your job over there at the police department and go get to go like be a greeter at Walmart. So this article is there if you want to read it. It's pretty disappointing because uh, the fact is law enforcement in this country is granted extreme power uh, at the expense of your civil liberties. In other words, they can arrest you and take you to jail without proving a thing. You understand that? If they sus- If they suspect you of a crime... They can take you to jail and hold you there for for a couple days without even filing charges. Did you know that? It's a very intense thing. And then they could file charges that are fallacious charges. And, you know, they've done that all the United States. An over-aggressive district attorney uh, was f- eventually lost a job over the Duke lacrosse rape case that they didn't rape anybody. It was all manufactured over aggressive attorneys, over aggressive police, right? So when the police do not do their job, we are in trouble. People, if you're in a community where the police and the DA and the judicial system the judges are not doing their job, you are screwed. Like Sutter County, bad over there. Bad over there. Yuba County, not not as bad, but bad. We got Clint Curry from over there. He's wobbly. He's weak. Back and forth. Flip-flopper. And over here in, in Sutter County, bad. Judges say, no, nah, we're not going to... The the grand jury report, that's for the public to have an insight to what's going on. 
But if it's bad and it exposes some people we like, we're going to put the kibosh on it, and you don't have the right to see it, right? That's what we got dealing with with the government today. So the other thing I wrote about last week, and we're about out of time. We only have a minute left, but you can go online and see it. Uh, college is unaffordable and irrelevant. More, it never, never has been a time when you could earn more, do better by not going to college. Going to college will pollute your mind by propaganda and dogma from liberal professors. Over 90% of the professors in the United States are very liberal. They do not want capitalism. They do not want free enterprise. They don't want the Constitution. They don't want the Bible. They want to put the gavash. Why would you put your kid in such a place like that to say they went to college? It is not a positive thing. You send your kids to a whorehouse, that is not a positive thing. Don't do that. Colleges, same, same. It is throwing your kids to the dogs. There's a few exceptions, not many. Hillsdale College is one of them. But a lot of times colleges, kids will graduate from college and go out and and do a job they could have got, got right out of high school. Colleges are going broke here. It's a scam. It's a loser idea. And I wrote an article about it, how Californians uh, in this latest election rejected hundreds of attempts up and down the state of California to raise taxes. Some some communities raised them, raised more money for schools. I'm telling you, the whole school thing is falling down around our ears. We'll have to ca- catch that at another time. I've finished my six segments. Tanner, I promise you, I did all six today, and uh, we're good to go. And so, uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week for another exciting rendition of No Hostages Radio. Do something good for somebody this week because you might be dealing with an angel from God and don't even know it. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Sugar to kiss, sugar to kiss.